going on guys you are on the sidelines with the sideline guys i'm your host derek myers i'm being joined by a special guest today uh, we have trip durden from the perennial powerhouse podcast which uh is one of the new shows that uh ots uh has started to produce welcome to the show bro what's up man thanks for having me appreciate you being on man uh so let's see well we got we got a lot of stuff going on now um this is the final week of the preseason. Did, yeah. did you catch any of the games? You know, I, I watched a little preseason early on, but um, I usually don't watch too much preseason, man. I'm, I tend to I tend to watch preseason, and then I'm the type that gets, gets ahead of myself, and I see, you know, young guys that are playing well, and I'm, I start thinking these guys may have an immediate impact or – or they might, you know, change the game early in in their career and that sort of thing. Uh, and then when they don't match up, because of course in preseason the young guys are going against the young guys, uh, and then you see them like later in the year, maybe they don't pan out. So I I just I just try to you know catch a little bit of preseason to get my football fix, but mm-hmm. not to like pay attention to the details and get caught up in it too much. Um, yeah, that's kind of my method for that. Yeah, I, I um, man, I, I didn't even pay attention to the last two weeks in terms of actually watching games. I, I usually yeah. try to watch like maybe a quarter or two, and then I'll just turn it off. Um, but I'm so ready for the regular season to start. I've seen what I needed to see from my team in terms of preseason. Um, <laughs> it might be time to go ahead and get uh, get another quarterback in there. Um, oh. Not not for Carson Wentz, not yeah. for Carson Wentz, but in terms of the backup position. Yeah, who's the backup right now? Uh, we have Josh McCown, uh, okay. Nate Sudfeld, um, who's actually he won't be he won't be. I think he's out of commission for like another month or two because he broke his wrist. Um, but uh, God, what's his name? That uh, Clayton Thorson. Clayton Thorson is a quarterback we drafted this this year. Where did he play at? Uh, you know what? I want to say UCLA, but I think I'm wrong on that. Let's see. I'm going to look it I'm up wrong. real quick because that, that name is not ringing any bells. Clayton Thorson. Who did he play for in college? Duh. I don't see it. Hmm. I guess I could have done a little bit better Google search there. Yeah, he's he's not a um He wasn't a high marquee guy. He's not the guy that I wanted. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think he needs to, you know, it's 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 a good thing that he's not gonna be playing any guy ga- any games anytime soon because he, he needs some more reps. Um but overall, I'm I'm happy with what I've seen from my team. What what uh, which team is your team? Um, I'm a Packers fan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm from Georgia. I'm from the Metro Atlanta area. Um, so I you know I've always watched the Falcons. But when I was a kid, man, my grandmother was obsessed with Brett Favre. I'm talking about unhealthy obsession. <laughs> um, and she bought the uh nfl sunday ticket package Mm -hmm. simply 
to watch Packers games so that she could watch Brett Favre. And my grandmother is like a true diehard football fan, bro. Like she will make playoff predictions and she has like a notebook. She makes division leader predictions, wild card predictions. She'll make predictions on what head coaches she thinks are on the hot seat and may end up fired at the end of the year. Really? Like she is, bro, my grandmother is deep, deep, deep into NFL um, and always has been my whole life. And so on Sundays I would go to her house and we'd watch all the games, but the only team that we'd watch like that, their game every week, no matter what was the Packers. Hmm. Um, so I just grew up loving Brett Favre, um, watching the Packers religiously. And the Falcons have always kind of been my second team. Um, but because I grew up going to her house and watching all the games, you know, there's a number of teams I have a soft spot for. Mm-hmm. But the Packers are definitely my my top team overall. Okay. So let's just go ahead and stay right, th- right there because we were already going to okay. get into the to, uh, division uh, predictions. So let's just go ahead and start with the NFC North. What do you uh, – what do you see from from your uh, division this year? Um, honestly, man, I think that the Bears are the favorite to win our division this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they they've been quietly building for several years now. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of making the cuts where they need to, um, waving guys that were either at the end of their career or not not really getting the job done, making trades, things like that, and then. Just with uh, the the moves they made last year on the defense, we saw them, you know, at the top of the division uh, again, kind of like they w- have been historically. And I just don't know that anybody else in the North, uh, the NFC North, is is going to be able to compete with them. I, I just think really? that they are that I, man. Green Bay has made terrible organization decisions in my opinion over the last decade most definitely they they have tried to win games and go to the playoffs off of aaron Rodgers alone Mm -hmm. they haven't drafted super well they haven't gone after anybody in the free agency they they've tried the same strategy that green bay's always had which is draft mid-level talent and train them up in the system and make them into that that star wide receiver um style that's that's kind of green Bay's formula they draft people mid rounds mid level talent raise them up in the system uh, right, right. and it just isn't that just doesn't cut it in today's NFL right now I don't think and then you 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 add that on top of the new coach um you know you add it on top of the changes that we have been making with the defense cutting guys and and getting rid of guys who have been there for so long and i just don't think that green bay's back at a point where they can compete with them the mm-hmm. lions are the lions you know i i love matthew stafford as a georgia guy mm-hmm. and i think he's probably the toughest modern quarterback to come through the nfl just his grit and the way he plays the game right but they're just not a a competitor so that leaves you with the vikings and the Vikings just haven't convinced me that they're around for the long haul yet. So, to me, just out of the four teams in the North, the Bears are the favorite currently. Um, I just think they have all the pieces in place already, and they have the least amount of question marks in the North right now. Okay, yeah. So, so what do you see the – how do you see it lining up this year? Obviously, Bears, number one. Who's in the second yeah. spot? 
So I think Bears number one for sure. And then the Vikings and the Packers will be vying for that second spot. My guess is that it will be the Vikings. Mm-hmm. The Packers just have too many question marks currently. And, you know, that's one thing I did watch for the preseason was to c- try to see, you know, maybe if I could glean something about what the offense is going to be like. And it seems like the offense is going to be, you know, pretty similar to what it was before. Right. Um so I'm not expecting anything flashy or anything crazy. I think we'll have great offensive production, but I think the defense is going to struggle. So the way I have it breaking down is most likely Bears, Vikings, Packers, and then Lions. Yeah, that that's how I have mine set up too. I, I think uh, Bears easily win that division. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say that because I hate the Bears. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hate the Bears. Yeah. So it, it pains me to even say that they're going to win the division. Mm-hmm. But just on the defensive side of the ball with Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, you know, Eddie yeah. Jackson, Roquan Smith, Kyle Fuller, Danny Trevathan, like, it's ridiculous, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. And so I just don't know how those other teams in the division can compete with that, especially if the Bears' offense is even half decent, which I think Mitchell Trubisky showed that he can play. So – I just it just seems clear that the Bears are the best team in the division right now. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I agree with that. You you think it's possible the Vikings could get the uh, wild card? Yeah, yeah, I've got Vikings in the wild card spot, and you know maybe the Vikings surprise me and beat the Bears. I, I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, but I could see the Vikings, you know, winning ten or eleven games and getting that NFC wild card spot. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, what about the uh, NFC South? NFC South is the other division that I probably pay the most attention to, being from Georgia um, mm-hmm. and and watching the Falcons a lot. I think the Saints will win the South, but I think it'll be a close race between them and the Falcons. So if the Falcons ended up winning it, I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, it wouldn't be you know the shock of the century, but. I do think that the Saints are highly motivated. Mm-hmm. Drew, Drew Brees' clock is ticking. Um, right. Him and Sean Payton both know that. And they got one stolen from them last year. And the whole NFL world knows that. So I just think that outside forces around the Saints are going to have them in go mode from the time the season starts. They're going to have tons of motivation. Um, they're going to have all the reason in the world to play hard from the jump. And, I mean, as old as Drew Brees is, he's still the man. And they still have, you know, weapons around him. Alvin Kamara is an unbelievable talent. Um, I mean, really, truly an unbelievable talent. Mm-hmm. And the Saints have always done well with a back like that. And the, the longer that guy's in the league, the, the more comfortable he's going to get. So I think the Saints still, to me, are the favorite there. And the Falcons a close second. The other two teams, man, you know, Cam's Cam's dealing with some injuries, and that's kind of always the mode he seems to be in. Yeah, especially and, over the last, what, three years? Yeah, and I hate that for him. And I actually saw um, a video the other day that was showing, like, all the hits Cam takes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Very really similar to crazy. Andrew Luck, isn't it? Yes, it's yeah. really kind of crazy the amount of damage he takes, especially with the rule set changes to make it safer for quarterbacks Mm -hmm. so and the difference between him and Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck 
is a guy that will pull the ball down and run when needed and he can get the job done. That's not like a go-to mode for him. Right. Cam is a mobile quarterback as a rule. Like that's his game. So mm-hmm. he takes even more damage really because he's not scared to stick his head down and go through the, you know, the line on a draw or he's not scared to extend plays beyond maybe what they should. And he's taken some damage, man. And, and he's really a dynamic player that I, I really want to see in the league for a long time, but it's scary, like the amount of damage he takes and, and the injuries he's racked up. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know that Carolina, without him at 100%, really has the the gumption to, to make a run at a division title or even a wild card spot. You know, they could be in the wild card spot. But, you, I mean, in, in today's NFL, you got to win 10, 11 games to beat a wild card. Yeah, yeah. Which I- is crazy. Yeah, and and honestly, speaking against uh, um, about what you're just talking about, I think I thought that when um, the Panthers drafted McCaffrey, that we were going to see a little less running with Cam Newton. Yeah, and it seemed to to kind of like stay the same. So I, I I don't know. I don't know what their what their plan is. Um, I mean, Will Will Greer is their backup quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah, he he looks like he could be a, a viable option, um, you know, if Cam can't go. Now, let's say let's say Cam is out for the season for whatever particular reason. Is that uh, an option that you think that would be able to help them I think win the division Will, or get to the second seat, uh, second second spot? I think Will Greer is a guy that can make a splash, but. I don't know that he strikes me as the type of quarterback that could come in and take over for a guy like Cam and really push to the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. the NFL game is so different from college, and and there were times where Greer struggled in college. Um, and, you know, that's true of every quarterback. You know, there mm-hmm. there's very rarely that you have a quarterback that just breezes through um, college the way that Cam Newton did. Um, right, but it's just so different, you know. In the NFL, we're not we're not seeing teams just throw the ball down the field over and over and over again with impunity. Um, you're not you are not gonna throw the ball like Will Greer did in college and not get heckled by 300 plus pound D linemen every play. Um, so I'm not going to say that he couldn't come in and make a splash and win him some games and keep him in the conversation for mm-hmm. a wild card, but I don't think that he's going to have the experience or the tenacity to to really push him over that mark. You know, I, I just keep going back to the last few wild cards we've seen. I remember being a kid and wild cards would have won like eight, nine games. Right, and right, right. Recently, we've had – we had a a year where three division three teams from the same division made the playoffs right because the records for wild cards have been so high and it just really speaks to like the quality of play we have in the league right now mm-hmm. to where if you want to be a playoff team you really got to be one of the top teams you're not sneaking in you know there was a year one time where the NFC West team had won like 7 games and they won the division right um so that's like an anomaly these days you you really don't get that yeah so nfc east used to be nine yeah yeah so i i just think it's too hard to get a wild card spot now yeah 
I mean, you really sometimes the wild cards are better than a lot of the teams that win the divisions. Exactly. So exactly. It it's really hard if you don't win your division, you got to be really good to steal that wild card spot from you know a stacked division like NFC South is a good example. If Cam's healthy, then the top three teams in the NFC South could be two, three of the top teams in the NFL. So let's say the mm-hmm. Saints win it and the Falcons win ten games and get a wild card. I mean you gotta you gotta win your division or beat out a 10 win team from a really strong division um so i just don't know if wilger is that type of guy um this early in his career yeah no i, I agree i think i think and do the and panthers I... really have the receivers to push the ball downfield with greer which is greer's real strength is no. that kind of like just sling the ball style no and I, i'm gonna tell you what i think is one of my biggest concerns um with with the the Panthers is uh, one of the receivers that Cam likes to go to a lot is uh, Greg Olson. Yeah, he's tight end, and the last two seasons, right? He was dealing with the same foot injury, right? Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I'm hoping he's able to play through the whole season this year, but he's one of the the the, the biggest concerns for me on their offense outside of Cam Newton. And that's going to affect the run game too. Yeah. So I I, I don't I don't know. I, I think um I think you and I see the NFC South um in the same order whereas the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers. Is that how you have yeah. this? Yeah, I don't know what the Buccaneers have going on, man. I think they really need to decide on Jameis Winston. Yeah, this is a prove-it year. Like, they really need to decide, like, is is this their guy or is it not? Because he's the type of personality and he's the type of up-and-down player that you could waste a generation. Like, a generation is obviously, like, an exaggeration, but you could waste six, seven years waiting to see if he pans out because he's going to have games where he looks like the guy. Exactly. And then he's going to have games where he doesn't. And he could hit that stride and become that guy you want him to be, but it may take a while. So you have to decide how long you're willing to wait on a guy like that who has, you know, personality, you know, problems at times, mm-hmm. who has um, stories that crop up about him and, and his attitude and, and that sort of thing. So I think the Buccaneers, you know, it's a win now league. Right. So how much time are you willing to spend waiting to see if James Winston pans out? Yeah, but see, to me, I think the the biggest decision that they have to make is, are you actually going to pay him a hundred plus million dollars? I can answer that question. It's a no, no, right? Yeah. Like it's, no. it's, it's, and if that's the case, why not just move on now? Because, you're already not going to win. You already know you're not going to win the division this year, let alone make a push into the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's, it might just be a, a great opportunity. Now that you've already – Deshaun Jackson's gone. You only have Mike Evans and O.J. Howard there. Um, Adam Humphreys is in Tennessee now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like this might just be the time where they need to go ahead and just hit the reset button. I think it might be time for them to go ahead and, and, and tank and see what they can do uh, next year. Yeah, and I mean, 
they, I mean, you probably could trade Jameis somewhere. Oh, he has value. Yeah. He has value. It's not like you got to just call it a complete loss. You could go look to tank, you know, knowing that you're going to try to get a quarterback, you know. There is some decent quarterbacks coming out of college this next year. So mm-hmm. if, you, if that's what you really wanted to do, you could look to trade. Trevor Lawrence James. being one of the biggest ones. Well, Trevor's got to stay at least one more. Um, this will be his second year. So he's only a sophomore this year. Wait, don't don't remind me because I'm not into sure college football too like that like that. Yeah, I thought they had to wait two years in college. You got to be three years out, so okay. you have to be out of high school for three years. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep. So Trevor's got one more year, but Jake Fromm, who a lot of people, I'm a Bulldogs fan. I I mm-hmm. love Jake Fromm, um, but I don't necessarily think he's the NFL star that some people seem to think he's going to be like a lot of analysts think he's really got him really high on the board. Uh Um, but I mean, analysts get paid to do this and I don't. So they may know something more than me. I'm willing to bet that they do, but that's an example of a quarterback who is coming out that you may look at depending on what you, what kind of offense you want to go with. So, and, I mean, I don't know that Jameis is a, a good fit for a team like the Colts, but the Colts obviously are in the market for at least a, a QB with experience and a QB that they feel like maybe can add something. So right. you, I think it's something that the Bucks have to decide on because right now I don't think they have an identity and they don't have something that they're truly building on. And for a team in their position that it's been a while since they made any noise, it's been a while since they really competed, that's kind of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You're looking for a a person or a unit or a coach to really build off of. So if you're not going to go out and hire a big-name coach, if you're not going to make your team focused around a an offense or a defense mindset like we've seen Baltimore do in the past – around their defense or the Steelers do in the past around their defense or, you know, teams like the Saints, you know, do with Drew Brees where they say, hey, we're just throwing the ball. We're just going to, you know, let him sling it. Like you have to have something to build on. And I don't think that Tampa Bay has that right now. And the NFC South is one of the hardest divisions in the league, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, So you got to find something. And the longer you wait, the longer you're going to be sitting at that number four spot in the division. I agree. I agree. And that, that's that's just where they're going to stay uh, for the foreseeable future, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I yeah, don't, I don't really know. I don't really know how they could do better than four this year. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's uh, go ahead and go and move into my division, uh, NFC okay. East. What are your uh, East. What are your predictions for that? So in the East, I think that the Eagles will win the division. I think the Cowboys could win it, but with the Zeke stuff that's going on, and it's just the Cowboys, the Cowboys always seem to to piss down their leg. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know even years when people have them picked as like the best team, they've got the best O-line, they've got a good defense, all that stuff, they just seem to always find a way to mess it up. Right. And I think that Jerry Jones is 
Jerry Jones is like a Donald Trump like character to me where <laughs> he's always yeah. in the news. He's always got some, you know, smart mouth thing he said about the league or the team or the division. Uh, and I think we've seen his players kind of follow in that role throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, it's players like T.O. who were that way anyways. But the the outside storylines around the Cowboys always seem to be something that pulls them off track. So I think the Eagles are still really strong, and I think that they're, they're a team that's going to be strong as long as um, – they have their core pieces that they've got right now. So I've got the Eagles winning it. Um, and then I would probably see Dallas in that second spot and and fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, same thing. Uh, Eagles uh, winning the division. They have the, the best um, complete team, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, so Eagles won. Uh, Cowboys two. I'm going to put Washington at three and yeah. uh, New York at four. Yeah, I've got it that way, too. I, yeah. I really want Eli to have a good year. I actually – lots of people can't stand Eli Manning, and I'm actually an Eli Manning fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's very undervalued across the league by fans, and he's underrated for what he's managed to do in New York. Over the last, what, few years um, or his entire career? I I think his entire career, you know, especially since Tom Coughlin left. Uh When Tom Coughlin left, that organization started to buckle. Yeah. And Eli has been really the only player in that organization that hasn't looked for a way out and, you know, tried. I I think Eli probably has earnestly like tried to make the best of his time in New York where you had guys like um, Odell Beckham trying to, you know, hit the eject button. Um, And for good reason, I'm not saying, you know, Odell shouldn't have been doing that. He's a star player that is in an organization that seems to be sinking to the bottom of the ocean. So I don't blame him for doing it, but I just think Eli gets too much of a bad rap at times and people can say what they want about, the player Eli is, um, mm-hmm. the kind of person he is, all those things. But the man won two Super Bowls. Yeah, and you don't you don't fall into that. Like I don't care what anybody says, you don't fall into that. Yeah, but you see, see, my problem is like it seems like people, especially mainly the people in New York, um, and my uncle is a Giants fan. I've been telling him the same thing. Everyone seems to be living off of those championships the same way that Dallas Cowboys and their fans live off their five championships of old. Like, it seems like everyone is saying, like, this is this is what's supposed to determine what's happening now. And, yes, Eli won those championships there. I, I personally would rather just see him retire um, as a giant right now. Uh, I, I know he still feels like he can still go, and you can't tell a guy that, that feels like that to, to sit down. I think, and I was telling, um, I was saying this uh, on the last episode, that, that 
I think that it's time for New York to go ahead and trade Eli. Yeah. They need to go ahead and trade him to a team that needs either a, a, um, a starter or a quality backup for an offensive lineman. Which I was throwing around an idea that I wouldn't be too upset if uh, Philly decided to trade Vitae to the Giants for Eli. Just have him so, as a backup. So you think you'd like to see Eli come to Philly as a backup? As a backup. I don't know, man. I think Eli probably deserves another another year. Um, and I Doing know deserves what? is in not... New York. Yeah, in New York. Um, Explain. I just don't think the man has been. It's kind of to me is like similar to the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. The okay. the organization in New York seemed to think that when Tom Coughlin left, they were just going to pick up, you know, where they left off. You had a coach who was there for years with Mm -hmm. lots of success leave. And I don't really think they handled that transition very well. I think the McAdoo time period was one of the worst periods I've ever watched of any team, the way he, the re, how he didn't get fired three games into that last season, I will never understand. Yeah. Like it seemed so clear from the position of a fan mm-hmm. that he had no control over that team. Well, that see, there was no, there was no going anywhere with what was going on there. And that reminded me of Chip Kelly. Exactly. He's in Philly. It was it was it's the same dynamic. He he honestly did not know what he was really doing. And in over his head. In over his head. Exactly. exactly. And and got rid of all the star players on that team and did nothing with it. Yeah. And I think Ben McAdoo was the exact same way. I would agree I with agree. you on that. I agree. And I think that Eli, if the organization will adapt to the current situation has another few years where he can play at a high level and compete. But when you're asking Eli to make all the plays with one real, one real true star receiver. Mm -hmm. And then they added Saquon Mm -hmm. obviously, but he's brand new basically still. So you've added two offensive weapons truly and then you've had a defense that went from one of the top in the league under Coughlin to losing a bunch of you know high caliber players the same way that Green Bay did over the last few years. Right. Um, and I just don't think that like I think a lot of times quarterbacks get so much weight put on them for how a season goes or how an organization goes, and too often I think we go, well, the quarterback's not playing well or he's past his prime or whatever, mm-hmm. and. That's just the, that's just the end of that. We just hang it on, on that guy. No, I, so I, think I agree that with that. Happens to Eli a lot, maybe even more so than some other quarterbacks in the league. Where, I mean, he throws picks. So if you're a quarterback who throws picks, regardless of the reason, people go, "Well, he's washed up." Well, Brett Favre threw picks his entire career. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean. So I just don't think Eli is. I just don't think he's washed up the way a lot of people do. And I will admit I've been yeah. an Eli fan since he was in college. So 
there I there is some bias there, but I I don't think it's time for New York to just, you know, cut the cord. But if they if they're settled on that, then this year is probably the year. Yeah, because that that's I see, I, I I agree. I think I think Eli has some uh left in the tank. Wholeheartedly believe that. Um but I think I think New York's issue is similar to like what you were talking about with Green Bay. They were inept in terms of like actually building a team. It yep. seemed like they were just drafting random players just for the hell of it, and they didn't plan for anything. It seemed like the only two players they actually planned for was o- o- Odell and Saquon. And yeah. Outside of that, it's just like, hey, let's just choose this guy, choose that guy, just 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 to choose him. And I, I think they're. I think had they went ahead and and rebuilt that offensive line three years ago, <laughs> I think that things would be completely different right now. Because I think had they done that, and still kept uh, Olivia Olivia uh, Vernon, Landon Collins, Odell. With Saquon, I think that the, the the Giants actually would be the second in the in the NFC East this year. Yeah, I think they they would have because they 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 just needed to get that offensive line to hold up. I, now I don't put everything on Eli either, um, but of course all the success and failures go to the star oh, or yeah. the face of the franchise. So. <sighs> I would agree that he does get a little he get he gets a, a bad rep, but I think that had New York done his due diligence by building that team properly, that they would be in a completely different position right now, completely different, and and the McAdoo situation as well. I I think I think they they should have actually just done what they could have to keep Tom Coughlin in New York. Yeah. Uh, they they would have been much better off, um, but yeah, it's th- so hard after you have a coach who's there for that long. It is, it is. I I I, I get it. You know the the um you know the whole saying of a certain coach losing the locker room or whatever. However that goes, um, I understand that sometimes need to be there needs to be a new voice, but. I don't think that that was the issue in New York, man. Man, what I'm just saying, that like front office. Yeah, exactly. Like, I and I think that's you see that that's what it is when they get rid of that coach, and then nothing changes. And mm-hmm. personally, I think that's what we're gonna see in Green Bay. What's that? I think this new coach comes in, and I don't think that he's gonna be able to manage. Um, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers oh, no. as a new coach. No. I don't think he's going to be able to manage a defensive unit as mismanaged as the Packers has been. No. I don't think that he's going to be able to handle the pressure of coaching a team that's one of the most historic and storied franchises in NFL history, and that's a unique situation like Green Bay is being fan-owned right. as a first-time head coach. I mean – we are the Green Bay Packers, and we don't go and get a coach. Like we could have went and we could have went after a big name coach, a mm-hmm. coach who would be like, "I would love to coach for the Packers." Aaron Rodgers, are you kidding me? Imagine what I could do with a guy like that, or go get a defensive coach who says, "You know what, Aaron? 
you know a lot about football and you've been running this offense for years. I'm going to let you and the offensive coordinator run this and I'm just going to build the nastiest defense we can. Like, yeah, I just don't think that they're setting this new LaFleury um, guy up for for a, a good a good situation. LaFleur, no. sorry I said LaFleury. And <laughs> it's just it's just hard to me to believe that that the best option there was a, a new head coach, similar to the New York Giants. Right. It's hard for me to believe that McAdoo's the guy after getting rid of a long-term coach like Tom Coughlin. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that they um, – I think New York and Green Bay would honestly benefit from cleaning out their front office. You know one guy that I really want to see get a front office job? Who? Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick. He's a, a ESPN analyst. Oh, okay. Dude knows his stuff, man. I mean, backwards and forwards. He he uh he predicted Patrick Mahomes' uh success last year. Um I think the year prior he predicted someone else. I forget who it was. He's predicting Carson Wentz this year to get the MVP. Huh. Um, and it seems like everything that he he sees happens. Yeah. Someone like that is someone that needs to be in a position like that. And I think I think both teams should honestly go after him. I think both teams should should you know put in their bid, clean their front office, and go after Lewis Riddick. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the Giants comes down to what we said, mismanagement. Mm -hmm. And and I just think that that's another reason I feel bad for the rap Eli gets Mm -hmm. is that if you look at the team, the giants had in the mid two thousands and going, you know, into the 2012 super bowl. And then you look at the decline since then, it's unfair to even compare those teams. Like the giants had a legitimate, you know, killer defense. Right, legit top three to five best defenses in the league. Um, They had running backs who could who could put up numbers, you know, on a consistent basis. So the what Eli's had to work with, not just on the field, but in the locker room and in the clubhouse, Mm -hmm. I think has set that organization up for failure. And unfortunately, when a team starts going south, the player that catches the brunt of that is the quarterback for good reasons and bad reasons but that's just the case yeah yeah no i agree i agree uh the 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 final team in the nfc the nfc west okay so nfc west i think that the rams will win that one uh i think this is something big for me in the nfl is how many holes do you have uh-huh. How many question marks do you have? Uh-huh. The teams with the least amount of those are usually the teams that do well. Teams right. that know who they are, teams that know who their guy is at every position. Right. And I think you have the Rams' high-powered offense with a very good defense. Uh-huh. I mean, truly unbelievable defense, in my opinion. It, it's hard for me to believe that they're not winning the division again and, and competing for a – for a deep run in the playoffs later down the year. I think that Todd Gurley was dealing with an injury for the second part of last year. 
Um, but I think that he's going to come back healthy this year and be, you know, a candidate for the top back in the league once again. Um, you think, I think they, they, they lessen his load a little bit? Um, they probably will some, but it's also a situation where I just don't think that – I think it's hard to do so when you have a guy that can take – that has proven he can take those reps. What I'd like to see the Rams do is use a little more of their edge players, mm-hmm. um, throw some more screens, some jet sweep stuff, just mm-hmm. some things to get those other guys involved at the le- at a like bit more you know higher pace, and and take some of that workload off of Gurley because Gurley's the kind of back that that will gladly be the workhorse. But the problem is is that he's had injuries in college and in the NFL. So this is a guy that I think can have a long you know, healthy, healthy, sorry, a long, um, successful career in the NFL, but it's going to be hard for him to do so if he's getting the ball 20 plus carries every game. So I think it just has to be, if there's a game where they give him that high volume, then they got to pull back some, you know, the next game or set up a game plan to, to take some of that off of him. And I think their defense is just going to put him in a position to just, win games with just you know mediocre offense right i think aaron donald um ogletree like their linebacker crew is like really good and they held like i was looking at super bowl stats the other day Mm -hmm. and the super bowl was a a showcase of how defense should be played in the nfl i mean both defenses played amazing and like a lot of people felt like tom brady was off and jared goff was off but if you go back and watch that game, the defenses were just playing out of their minds. Mm-hmm. And if the Rams' defense continues to play that way, I'm not sure how the Rams don't compete year in and year out as long as those pieces are there. Because right. I think Jared Goff is a great quarterback. I think he had a rough Super Bowl, but he was playing against arguably the best NFL team of the modern era with the best head coach, the best quarterback, and a defense that was hitting on all cylinders. So I think Jared Goff's going to have another good year, and I think he's probably gained a lot of experience, and last year probably taught him a lot. So I see the Rams winning that division and and competing, you know, at least in the NFC Championship, but probably the Super Bowl. I see them winning the division as well. But do you know – there's one guy that um, I think that they really missed – during the the tail end of their season mm-hmm. and in the Super Bowl. And that was Cooper Cup. Yes. Cooper Cup is the guy that and I can't I can't say this for certainty, but it seemed like once he went down, um because he remember he had an uh MCL sprain uh before he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was in between those two injuries that's when you started to see the decline of Todd Gurley a little bit. Yeah. And then once he was completely out, so was Todd Gurley. Yeah. So I think adding him back in, even though it's only been, I think, eight months or so since his injury, he seems to be back to himself. I think once you see that threat downfield open up a little more, Todd Gurley's game is going to take off back to where we saw him playing. Yeah. that That's the biggest addition I think that they have this year. I think so too. And I think 
I think that what we're going to find as we move forward is that injuries in the NFL that are not career-ending injuries are going to become less and less important Mm -hmm. to whether or not a player has a good career. You know, we're seeing more and more often guys go through two and three knee surgeries and play. Um, yeah, yeah. We're seeing guys be injured and come back quicker than ever and having great years. So I think injuries like we saw with Cooper Cup last year and Todd Gurley um, and, you know, Adrian Peterson was probably the first person to do that. Mm-hmm. I think the more we learn about the way the body works and the, the more that the medical side of the game progresses and recovery and training and all that stuff progresses, we're just going to see guys that get injured are out for a season and when they come back they're better than ever right so i think having cooper cut back is um another sign of that and i think it is going to help a lot but i think they really have to get robert woods involved they do more too i they think do. that guy's got unbelievable speed with the ball um they they would hit him you know on a little screen some last year or hand it off to him with him in motion mm-hmm. and i couldn't believe how fast he was so i think the rams need to lean into that real fast receiving core a mm-hmm. little more mm-hmm. um, to take to pull some guys out of the box on first and second down um, to kind of take some of those hits off of Gurley. Whereas if they don't have Cooper Cup, if they're not making use of those receivers on the edge, then Gurley's going to be getting hit the second he touches the ball. And that that's where you really see his injuries come from, I think, is when he – because he's the type of back that yeah. – doesn't go down on the first tackle. Right. So Todd Gurley runs the ball, and he may get hit three times where another back runs the ball and gets hit once. Right. So I think you're definitely right. Like, in order to to take some of that pressure off him, guys like Cooper Cup have to be used. And I think Robert Woods, to me, is that second guy that has got to be used more if they want to keep Gurley healthy. Yeah. No, I agree completely. Um, so we both have the Rams winning the NFC oh, West. I'm sorry. Yeah. The NFC West. How do you see the rest of the division falling? The rest of the NFC West to me is going to be a a little bit of a toss up, man. I I think you have to say the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Just because Russell Wilson has has proved to be able to compete and win games that I feel like they shouldn't win. Right. And Pete Carroll. You know, I'm not a big fan of the guy, but mm-hmm. he's proved that he can coach in the NFL at a high level. Uh, I think the question mark in this division for who's second is how good is Kyler Murray out of the gate? Yeah. And you know what? I, I It's not that I don't have any faith in him. Um, That offensive line is trash. Yeah. That offensive line is absolute garbage. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe any quarterback is going to perform well behind a line that stacks up that way. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I see it like this. Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals. Oh, you think Cardinals are going to end up in that bottom spot? I think they're going to be in the fourth spot, yeah. I'm going to be honest, I don't know anything about what the 49ers have going on. I don't either, but... I'm a, I'm gonna say like this. I think the the only thing. I think the only thing about the 49ers that is a question mark, to me so far, is um, Garoppolo. Yeah. If because I know, 
Is last he supposed week. to be back healthy? Like, yeah, is, he, are they, is all reports he's 100%? Yeah, it's just that, you know, he's got the rust. So yeah. from what is, from what we've seen in the preseason, um, he he looks shaky. Um, that's probably the biggest thing for me with the 49ers. I don't think they win a division. I don't think they win a wild card. But they have enough pieces around him. George Kittle, Tevin Coleman. You know what I'm saying? They I'm have enough be honest, pieces around him. I don't know a lot about their pieces and what they got going on just because I don't really pay attention to the NFC West that much. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't any teams in that division that I have a soft spot for, so I don't really keep up. Right. But when he was healthy playing for them, they seemed unbeatable. Yeah. Like, they seemed like they were just winning every game. And I feel like for years the narrative around the 49ers has been they're on the come up, they're on the come up, they're on the come up, they're on the come up. And I'm just wondering if Jimmy G is that piece. So if we see him healthy, is that the case? Um, Is he – does he take them to the playoffs or – give them a chance to win the division, that sort of thing. I don't think that this is a year where they can win the division. I don't I don't think the NFC West has any chance of being won by someone other than the Rams barring an absolute disaster. Right. But I wonder if we're finally going to see that that uptick in the production of the 49ers on that path that we've thought they were on for it what feels like the last decade. Mhm. You know, obviously when Kaepernick was, Kaepernick was there, they they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we haven't seen them do much. So they haven't done I just anything. wonder. Yeah, I just wonder. <laughs> I just wonder when is it going to be that they do? Because you you feel like this. I really feel this way. Every NFL team seems to always be a season or two away from from popping. Right. And so I just wonder when that's going to be from when that's going to be. From, the year for the 49ers. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that, uh, I need, I need to see Garoppolo do something. I need, I need to see him do something because if he's another player that, that has that big $100 million contract and literally does nothing, I think you're going to start seeing GMs kind of, bro. that feels like the modern sports world. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's You just weird. get crazy money thrown at you, and you do nothing, and then you have role player types. Role, I know role player is more of like an NBA term, but you have like mm-hmm. mid level guys who actually provide more to the team but make less money. Right, right. And that that's the thing that I'm kind of concerned about with players overall is that uh, GMs are going to. hold back on paying them or at least paying too much. I didn't think that Garoppolo deserved that contract in the first place. Um not to say that he didn't he wouldn't have he wouldn't have earned it at all, but at that point in time, we only saw him play what maybe 7 games, I think. It was like no, 4 at that point, right? Cuz I think he, yeah. he did 4 in New England. Yep. I I just don't I don't I don't see it. I don't Man, that that made no sense to me. I just feel like guys are paid on 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 what ifs and potential these days. Yeah. 
And I don't know, man. I don't understand how GMs – I don't understand how the economy of the NFL works or how the economy of any professional sports league works where – y'all talked about this on a previous episode where y'all felt like the Patriots signed Tom Brady the way they did to mm-hmm. re- before the market could be reset. Yeah. And it feels like now one quarterback will get a big payday. And any quarterback that's even kind of sort of in the conversation as a as a quote-unquote top guy gets a giant payday because of it. Right. But okay. really, if we're talking elite quarterbacks, mm-hmm. how many elite quarterbacks are in the NFL right now? Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers Matt Ryan? Um, Maybe. I'd put, I'd put uh, Russell Wilson there. Russell Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. I'm high on Philip Rivers. I know a lot of people aren't, but yeah. I, I'm high on him. So let's say six. Let's just ballpark six, quote unquote, elite quarterbacks. Now, quarterbacks who are good enough to be in that conversation. Hold up, Patrick Mahomes. Ah, I can't. I don't know if you can call him elite. See, see I don't either. But that's that's the consensus. I, and I know, the, the problem the problem with that part of it is that. After one season, he has, and I don't. I, I love seeing him. I love seeing a player, you know, succeed. Yeah. The problem is we've only seen it one season. Yeah, yeah. I've and, got some thoughts on my home that I want to talk about when we talk about fantasy stuff. Uh-huh. Um, because I just I'm with you, man. It's one season. And it's one season. Now I did draft him in one of my leagues, though. I mean, if he's there <laughs> when you go to draft a quarterback, you're kind of crazy not to. Yeah. Yeah. But so finish your thought on the on the elite. Well, I'm just saying. So if we have less than less than okay, let's be let's be generous. Let's say we have between five and eight elite quarterbacks. Right. Look at the guys who got big contracts. Right. Jimmy G, Dak Prescott. Not yet. Not yet, but he's gonna get one. Yeah. Like, does anybody think that Jerry Jones isn't gonna pay Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott? I think he's going to pay Dak and Amari before he pays Zeke. You think he's going to pay Amari before Zeke? I think it's going to be Amari before Zeke at Man, this that's point. that's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. That's no, crazy it, to me. I'm not saying that he deserves it over Zeke. I just think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I because mean, he, if I'm so the Cowboys, Cowboys, I'm paying Zeke first. You, I'm, I would pay Dak last. Yeah, exactly. And that's my point is that these guys have so much – Negotiation, negotiation power mm-hmm. for what? Yeah, it, it's just because the quarterback position is valued so highly, and it's not really merit based. It's not really based on your skill. Like if you uh, if you're a quarterback who has taken a team to the playoffs, and your name's not Tim Tebow or Colin Kaepernick, then you get a max deal. Kirk like Cousins. that's what it feels like. Kirk Cousins was another one. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. So. So, so I don't understand. I just don't understand how the numbers work. I don't know what, how they change, and I don't know how they change it either. So yeah. I think y'all were right about the Patriots. I think the Patriots were like, if we wait for the market to reset, we're gonna pay Tom a billion dollars. Yeah, I, I, I think it's also on Brady's part because he's been willing over the years to take pay cuts in order for the team to succeed. Um. And how often do you see that from the face of the franchise to take such a pay cut 
for that team to succeed. I mean, that's I think the I think the greats often do that. No, I agree. I agree. Like LeBron James took a pay cut to play with the guys he's played with at times. And I think that speaks to what Brady cares about. Like mm-hmm. Brady's wife is as rich as can be. And his concern is to be the greatest to ever do it and to win rings. Um, and I think a lot of other guys' minds are in another place. And yeah. maybe that's, may, I mean, maybe that's okay. That's justifiable. A lot of those guys are thinking, how do I put away the most money for future generations of my family? Like, I get that. But I think that's kind of where you see that difference come in with someone like Tom who even in the last few years has kind of butted heads with the Patriots upper brass and, and coach and stuff. So right. I just don't know how, I don't know if it changes or if, if it even can change. So what do you see Dak getting? Oh man. Oh, I'd have to think about it, man. I, what do you think he does? He should get. And what do you think he will get? Man, I'm not convinced that Dak is even really a a starting Me level either. QB. Me either. Me either. Every every you see, he can throw downfield every once in a while, but his game is more predicated on dinks and dunks. Like it's yeah. not. It's not a. That's not a guy I'd pay. I think the most I would pay for him is about twenty two. Bro, I think he year. might get 30. Oh, he, he really no, might. listen. He really might. This is the strategy that Philadelphia had, which was to pay pay Wentz when they did um, the money that they paid him so that it forces Dallas to have to pay Dak close to, if not more, than what they're paying Wentz. And I think that strategy is starting to work off. Yeah. I, I I really think that that that's paying off because it really seems like Dak is about to get paid before Zeke, and that should not happen. That's that so should crazy. not happen. That's so crazy. Dak is still a college quarterback. Exactly. But exactly. you can't you can't play that game in the NFL, man. You just can't. Like Cam Newton can throw the ball down the field. Yeah, and he can run. Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball down the field and he can run. Dak can't throw the ball down the field. To save his life. And so, it's sad. So somebody from the Cowboys needs to explain how he's worth $30 million. See. And I don't know how they can explain it. They that, can't. If they pay him that, if they pay him that, it is for – a couple of reasons. It's because they don't want backlash from fans because fans are high on Dak, I guess. I, I guess Cowboy fans like Dak a lot. Um, they don't want to go through the process of finding another, quote-unquote, the guy type quarterback. And they don't want – Jerry Jones doesn't want to cowtail to uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, what would you do in this position if you were Jerry? If you were able to trade Dak – what would you trade him for? What would I trade him for? Yeah. I mean, who are the Cowboys receivers besides Amari Cooper? You got Amari Cooper. You have Randall Cobb. Um, 
Oh, Cobb ended up in Cobb is in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, then I guess I was thinking another receiver to go with Amari, but Randall Cobb brings in an experienced uh, set of hands um, in the slot. So. And you know, of course, they're bragging on Jason uh, Witten being back. So. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the thing is the Cowboys don't really have too many question marks. They're defensively, they definitely don't. They definitely don't. My biggest question mark about Dallas is the quarterback position. Exactly. So yeah, I who's their backup right now? Do you know? I um I don't even know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up really is. quick because I'm I just you. don't know. I I don't know. I'm just at a loss, man. I don't know what kind of world we're living in where Dak Prescott is worth thirty million a year. No, he's not. I'm gonna tell you a move that I would do that was that would probably be a dark horse move. Trade Dak for Jameis. Okay. You're getting a discount automatically because you're there's no way in hell you're paying Jameis Winston thirty. Um, max he would do for for Jameis is about eighteen to twenty a year. You could do that for three years. Um. I would look at doing something like that if I wanted to bring Zeke back in as soon as possible. The Dallas Cowboys backup is Cooper Rush. I have no clue who that is. He played at Central Michigan. Yeah. that That's someone they just drafted? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of him. Um, yeah, see. I, would I, you rather trade Dak? For would you rather trade Dak for Jameis or Eli? I will only say Jameis for the simple fact that I know I would have more than two to three years with him. Yeah. Literally the only reason why I would say that. Otherwise, yeah. if you decided to put Eli behind that offensive line That's you actually saying, might see the That's Eli Gold. and you got two like good receivers with a dynamic running back yes that's yeah. what i'm saying and 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 a crazy defense would the giants do it though like that's like in division that would be i think they are crazy enough to do it <laughs> <laughs> i think they're crazy enough um because what do they have to lose like if you, I mean, especially if you're giving them a draft pick and yeah. or offensive lineman, yeah, yeah, I do that all day. I, I would, yeah. I would, I would trade, I would trade for Eli all day. That would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. What is um, what is your NFC championship prediction? I think that the NFC championship will end up being the Rams and I don't this is it's tough man I think it will be the Rams and most likely the Saints again I think really? the Falcons could sneak in out of the um wild card but I really just don't 
I just don't see Sean Payton and Drew Brees not getting back to the NFC Championship. And you know what? You and I agree on the Rams, just not their opponent. Okay. Because I, I have Philly. You have Philly? I have Philly in the Super Bowl already. How much of that is is it's not it's not fandom and uh, see <laughs> i i have to i hate see this is this is the problem with with this show i have to always qualify <laughs> people a lot of people think that that because i'm an eagles fan and i'm a celtics fan whenever i talk about them is literally just from a biased standpoint yeah. is no I, I definitely think like no i'm you, not talking about you i'm talking about yeah. people listening yeah i'm not talking about them from a biased fan perspective is literally being objective they're a, a more complete team than the saints are and i think if you think back to 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 the eagles saints matchup in the playoffs this past season we were one catch away from from beating them in new orleans yeah. Alshon Jeffrey just kind of turned like he didn't complete the catch. He turned as he was catching. And and it just that is the only thing. Yeah. You add Deshaun Jackson, Carson Wentz, and that defense to that matchup this year, bro. Philly beats beats New Orleans. Philly beats New Orleans, and they were they were right there beating them. They were almost almost beat them last season. So nothing nothing makes me believe that they couldn't do that again this year. Um, and that's why I have the Eagles in the NFC Championship. So you got against Eagles the and um, Rams in the NFC Championship. NFC Championship, yep. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles there. I mean, they're obviously one of the top teams in the NFC, um, arguably one of the top you know, contenders in the league. Mm-hmm. I think that Carson Wentz, to me, is similar to some of the other young quarterbacks that we've talked about where he had he's had a good year and then he's been injured. And, and you know, there's that question of, like, sustained, constant success. So... Mm-hmm. That's that would be my big question is just seeing how he is back under center and and back to being, you know, 100 percent. So that's my main question. But I think you're you're right, at, especially about the defense. I think their defense is really good and their secondary got better. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they, they they've got the pieces for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think that. The other question for me is how how good is Alshon Jeffrey going to be? He's a guy that has flashed to me, and then other times seems to not, you know, be be one of the one of the top guys. So I think there's some questions, but well, I, he, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them in that position. He was playing with a broken rib last season. He was last season, yeah. Okay. And I think that's what was I think that was part of the reason why he dropped that pass in that game. That yeah. that was that was uh one of the biggest issues too. So he's fully healthy. 
the Eagles have depth at every position, which I haven't seen in a long time. Um, every position outside of the quarterback position, they have depth. And, I mean, that, I, I just don't see them losing. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. That, that I don't care if you're talking about them playing in New Orleans or playing in Philly. I, I don't see the Saints being beating them this year. I really don't. I mean, I can definitely believe it. I definitely like if if Philly ended up in the NFC Championship or in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be too shocked. Um, I just think that the Rams are too good across the board to not go. Mm-hmm. And man, just just knowing the type of guy that Drew Brees is and the type of coach that Sean Payton are, I just know they're going to be. Just all season, I just know we're going to be dealing with hearing from Saints. Yeah, the Saints like about that pass interference and dealing with. Well, I mean, every they're game in court over right now. About. <laughs> exactly. So they're talking about you know revenge and getting what should have been theirs and and all that stuff. And then you go to the Super Bowl and the Rams don't you know necessarily perform that well. So they're like, man, we could have performed better than this. Whether they could or not is a different question, but. Mm-hmm. that's the narrative right so i just know that it's going to be this massive storm of just saints propaganda from all sides and i can just see that swirling into them having a an amazing season it could backfire on them but i just just knowing the personality between uh sean payton and drew Brees, i see it probably going the other way yeah now real quick before we wrap up the show what what is your boldest fantasy prediction this year? Because we have we're we're done with the we're done with the preseason and I know there are people that are about to start, you know, if they haven't drafted already, they're about to start drafting. Yeah, neither of my drafts community. have happened. Both of my drafts are happening, you know, in the next couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, I have one Sunday and I think one Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So my, pro- I've got three predictions that I wrote down. Okay. Um, and I think the boldest one of those is probably that I don't think Mahomes is going to have as as good of a year this year. I think he's still going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think he's still going to give defensive fits, defenses fits, but I don't think that he's going to be quite, you know, as explosive for fantasy teams or for his actual team as he was last year. You know, Mahomes last year was an unknown quantity in the league. Right. And he was bringing athleticism and stuff to the table that the the teams really hadn't had a chance to get a bead on. Mm -hmm. You fast forward a year and you've had defensive coordinators having a whole year to study him, having a whole year to watch him, and you're really going to see – a change in the way they play them in the way they scheme against the chiefs and in the way they attack that offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that that combined with some of the off season stuff that's going on with the chiefs, I think you're going to see him take a step back this year. How big of a step back? I think the guy's athleticism is just to the point where you're not going to contain him forever. Right. He's going to make plays, but I also think he falls into the Brett Favre school of quarterbacks where he's, he's a wild card He's going to throw balls that other quarterbacks wouldn't and couldn't, mm-hmm. but that comes along with mistakes. 
you can't be a gunslinger like that and not throw interceptions and not give up fumbles and stuff of that nature. So my boldest prediction is that Mahomes probably will fall somewhere in the second half of no I think I don't think he'll be top four quarterbacks in fantasy this year. I think he'll fall really? five lower. Yeah, I just I just think he's gonna have an adjustment year where he's gonna have to deal with defenses who know what he's doing this year. So if he's and, five, what, who would be the other four that are above him? Um, I think Tom Brady will be up there. Mm-hmm. I think Brady's gonna have another Brady year. I think Drew Brees will be up there. Mm-hmm. I think Jared Goff's going to have a great year. And I think Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan are both going to have great years. So hmm. somewhere in there, obviously, he's got the ability to score on his feet and with his arm. And right. that gives him an added element. Right. But I just – I think that the, the coaching in the NFL is unbelievable. And a lot of times we, pit at, we put athletic ability – and the athletes above coaches in the sense of like we think athletes affect the game more and i'm not sure that's the case in the nfl i think coaches affect the game so much and now that defensive coaches have had a year to know who mahomes is know what he does and really attack that defense from a position of strength i think we're going to see them take a step back a little bit i i i think i would have to agree with you um I don't. I don't think that he's going to be the exact same level that he was yeah. last year. But I don't think the drop off is going to be too far off. I mean, the last year was like a, like a, almost otherworldly feeling with yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. It reminded me of when Deshaun Watson went on that streak. The season where he was just Deshaun throw- Watson should have had right. Like he was just there was a, a period of time when Deshaun Watson was a rookie where he was just throwing seventy yard touchdowns every game. Exactly. Yeah. But but instead of it being like a short period, uh, Mahomes just did it the whole year. So it felt like something crazy, something like that. Maybe we'll look back on years from now and go that was and still look at it as an insane season by a quarterback and the the hysteria that was following Mahomes, you know, similar to like in the NBA, how people were with Lynn Sanity uh, mm-hmm. when Jeremy Lynn was going off. That's how I felt about Patrick Mahomes. I mean the the no look pass, the runs he would make, the scrambles. It just didn't it just didn't make any sense. And I just don't know if if stuff like that can have a long shelf life in the NFL. You just have too many eyes on your game, too many guys trying to dissect how to how to stop it and eventually somebody's gonna figure something out yeah no i i would agree with that um do i think he's gonna be terrible god no yeah but i don't know if he's gonna be top four quarterbacks in the league for fantasy points okay i can see Cause that. I, I think we're gonna see i think the number one thing we're gonna see changes he's gonna have a higher level of turnovers this year i think i think so too I, th- I think that's going to be the biggest part of the reason. And that is a killer for fantasy points as yeah. a quarterback. So yeah. um, my other two predictions, um, I think Gurley's going to be one of the top running backs. Okay. I know he's coming off an injury, and I know that a lot of people 
are concerned about that. Me and Parker, um, you know, you know who Parker is, but for people who don't, he's the other host of our college football podcast. He was saying that he wouldn't take Gurley um, in the first round, and I was saying that I would I would take him in the first round. We we're kind of talking about it, but a lot of people don't know that Gurley. You know, if you're not a college football fan, you may not know that Gurley has already who had Gurley yeah. went through um, a surgery in college yeah. and came back and the very first play back from his surgery ran a kickoff back to the house. Right. The very first time he touched the field. Um, I'm sorry, that was a different time. That was after his suspension. But he came back um, to the NFL and made an impact right away mm-hmm. um, in the NFL. And I think that he's, like I said before, injuries are going to be less and less important. Um, injuries like ACL – you know, I have a buddy who tore his ACL not too long ago, and he was back to, you know, competing in his sport in, like, seven months. So wow. I just think that surgeries and and procedures and stuff have gotten so much better. And for little nagging injuries like Gurley's, I just don't know if we're going to continue to see the drop-off that we're used to from years past. So I think Gurley has um, a season where he's in the top – top few running backs of of fantasy and competing for that top spot alongside Saquon um, and guys like that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I, I think I think Gurley's going to be, I think, like I said earlier, I think Gurley's going to return to form and it's not just predicated upon his health, but I think that's based on Cooper Cup coming back yeah. into the lineup. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to benefit from that tremendously. So I I agree with you on that. And the only other prediction I made um, in my notes for our show is that I said that I think Austin Hooper establishes himself as um, one of the, one of the better tight ends in the league. Um, Really? Yeah. I think that guy's really good. I think he hasn't really, hasn't really shined in Atlanta like he can. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna see an uptick in his production this year. Um, there, he's had flashes. He's he's caught a couple balls and taken them to the house just off his speed alone. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a tight end, so I really expect him to have an uptick this year. And he's somebody that I'm looking at in later rounds for my fantasy because I know he'll probably still be available as far as tight ends to pick up. Oh, he definitely will be have there. So. I just think that guy's athleticism is is pretty insane for his position, and I think he just has needed time to get into the league, get used to the systems, and and get comfortable. And I really expect the Falcons to have a better year this year than they did last year, anyways. And I think he's going to benefit from that as well. Devontae so, Freeman's coming back. Yep, yep. Yeah. I think the Falcons have a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about them. There's a few teams that we all know are you know, media, media darlings in the sense of people saying they're going to have a good year and the Falcons are one of those. Um, I do think they're going to have a better year and be in the playoffs again this year after the drought. But I, uh, I just think, I think he's going to have a good year, man. And I think he's a name that not a lot of people know or, or value very highly. So I figured I'd throw him in there because he is somebody that when I was making notes the other day for my fantasy drafts that I put there is, you know, a late round acquisition that I think will, Maybe even depending on who my other tight end is, um, maybe even become my starter by the end of the year. Wow, I see. I, the way I have it is 
Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz. Yep. Yep. George. No, I would probably put Hunter Henry, then George Kittle. Yeah. To me, after that, it's it's a free fall. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, are you talking about top ten or? Yeah, I think he'll be in the top ten. I don't. I okay. don't think he's necessarily going to crack those. You know, get above those guys you just listed. Um, I think the the word elite for tight end is has to be used very very sparingly, and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of guys that fit that mold. Even if you look back through NFL history, I'm not sure there's a lot of guys that fit that mold. Yeah. Um, and with Gronk gone, the the number one spot is clearly open. Yeah. Um, I think anybody that doesn't have Travis Kelsey in that spot is kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, um, Hunter Henry, those guys, and, are and obviously Jared Cook this year. Yes. Yeah. And having having Drew Brees, I think, is going to significantly elevate his his uh, value. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I would probably put him in the top five. Yeah, I'd put him I right agree. There. I agree, and I think that is that is a position that waxes and wanes in popularity. Uh-huh. Um, there was a time when tight ends, when Tony Gonzalez was in the league, still Oof. where tight ends were like big time producers. It seemed like yeah, and. Teams were doing play action, dumping it to a tight end every other play. Mm-hmm. I mean, Antonio Gates is yeah. another guy yeah. that used to just be an animal at the position. And I think that we're probably headed towards a, a time when, when we see more tight end production. I think the last few years we've seen the the best ones get a lot of production in Gronk and Kelsey. Um, and those two guys especially have stood out. But I think more teams are going are gonna to find ways to utilize the tight end because it has felt like a tight end drought to me um, the last couple of years as far as across the board. And I think as we get more and more athletic tight ends in the NFL, you're going to see more and more teams taking advantage of an inside linebacker matched up on those guys. Yeah. Because um, I, I think... you're going to get more and more guys like Kelsey who are more of a receiver build um, that play tight end and move out to the slot and do mm-hmm. all those things. So – Austin Hooper to me is that guy, and that's one reason I'm high on him. He's not, you know, he can block. He's a big guy, but he's got the feet, he's got the hands, and I really think he's going to establish himself this year. Yeah, I, I think the tight end position is actually probably the best. Um, I think it's probably the best comparison to the center position with basketball. Yeah, like you saw them kind of fade away and then and now they're slowly coming back yep um i think that's probably to me that's probably the 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 best comparison to that like it's like it's like a renaissance almost yeah i think the game athletic this is this is what i love about sports in general this is one of my favorite things about them is that they're constantly changing and evolving Mm -hmm. and you have this constant meta going on right so in the nba for example with the idea of centers Right now we're in a league where everyone spreads the floor right. and even the big men shoot threes. Right. And as teams do that, there will be teams who don't have those shooters who have a dominant center who's going to back people down and make use of that space in the paint. Right. Um, and as that becomes more prevalent, teams will have to shrink the floor down again, which will then in turn open up teams to shoot from the outside more. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're seeing more and more 
in the NBA, we're seeing more and more like perimeter defense where we didn't see that as much. Used to, you would let a guy shoot an open three. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But now you're crazy if you don't step out to, to get in a guy's face. Yeah. And as those more traditional true fives start to become popular again, it'll change again. And similar mm-hmm. in football, everyone spreads the field, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. hurry up, throw the ball every play, spread the field. And then we've had a couple you know, power backs come into the league. And I say power backs, obviously they can run, but guys like Saquon and Zeke and Gurley who are getting the ball 20 plus times a game again yeah. um, and are doing more than just catching the, the ball out in the flats and, and, you know, running from the uh, shotgun formations. And as that happens, we're going to see more need for tight ends in close, more play action passes mm-hmm. to tight end dumps and, and things like that. So it kind of goes back to what I said about the Mahomes thing. Man, coaches watch lots and lots of film, and they do lots and lots of study. And people are going to find ways to exploit the the way you're playing defense and the way you're playing offense. And I think tight ends are going to pro- provide that that opening to do so in the era of spreading the field wide. Um, having a tight end matchup man-to-man with a middle linebacker is a good matchup for tight ends like Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, um, Austin Hooper, like I said, I think is another guy who provides that good matchup. There are very few middle linebackers that I want running the field with a guy like him. Right. So I think we're going to see more of that the more we see the style of offenses we're seeing right now. Right, right. And I think I think Zach Ertz takes a dip this year. Um, in terms of his rank of, of of tight ends, yeah, because he he you've got Carson Wentz has so many options now that he doesn't have to solely rely on on Ertz, yeah. So I think from that perspective, we're going to see a dip, but he'll he's still one of the 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 best at that position in the league. Um, my fantasy prediction. I only have one, but my fantasy prediction is that Josh Gordon is going to return to, what was that, 2014 Yeah. year? I think we're going to see that. I actually do, too. I think we're going to see that production he's, from again. He's high on my list of receivers. I just think the Patriots organization is a well-oiled machine, and you could hand yeah. them just about any problem case in the league, and they would figure it out, get him straight, and make him a, a productive member of the team i mean you could not have you could not have shown me somebody that i thought was a worse fit for a team at one point than blunt oh yeah that's a great he went there he went there and had a a great productive stint so I, i just think that those guys know what they're doing and when you have guys like josh gordon who have had the opportunity other places, but maybe not had the scaffolding and the structure around them to keep them in line. Yeah. Giving them that was something that they've probably been craving. Like a guy like Josh Gordon has probably been craving a a coach and a system that trusts him, but also keeps him, you know, on the straight and narrow and, and gives him something to work towards Mm -hmm. when you're playing for people like the Browns, man, you don't, you don't feel that way, you know? Yeah. So, so I think it's going to provide him a situation where he's 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 wanting to go 100% and he's wanting to like 
do the right thing. And I think we're going to see him flourish because of it. I agree. I agree. Well, bro, it's been, this has been a great episode. <laughs> great, great episode. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you We went, we went kind of long on the NFC picks. So we the, didn't get to AFC. But... Yeah, we'll do AFC next week. Yeah. That's no problem. I, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, um, man. I appreciate it. Most definitely. Uh, everyone, please, when you get a chance, go check out and subscribe to the Perennial Powerhouse Podcast hosted by Trip Durden and Parker uh, Gailey. Uh, those guys do a great job with breaking down the uh, SEC. So if if you're you know if you're into the college football, please tune in and and check that out. Uh, it'd be a great great decision, bro. Again, thank you for coming on and uh, and and talking all this football with me, man. Oh man, I'm so excited that football season's here. You know, I'm a, I'm college football is my number one, but. NFL I still watch a lot of and I'm just glad that it's, the weather's getting colder you know people are throwing the football around and it's it's time for weekends filled with uh with good old fashioned uh football and and just the, this is the best time of year I'm so excited for it I mean I'm beyond excited man it's, it's <laughs> I've been I've been craving to 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 watch football play fantasy football I've been craving yeah. it for months so I'm ready this is awesome it. man well Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, man.